0: Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us on LocalJobNetwork.com Radio. I'm your host, Jenna Konar, and you're listening to Management Decisions, where we speak with expert guests on a variety of business management and recruiting topics. On today's show, we're discussing the topic of hiring the right people. So to learn more about the types of hiring decisions that companies can make, we're speaking with Lou Adler, CEO and founder of The Adler Group, a consulting and training firm. Lou is also the author of The Essential Guide for Hiring and Getting Hired, and the author of the article, There Are Only Four Types of People, Are You Hiring the Right Ones?, which is the topic of our discussion today. Thanks for joining us, Lou.
1: Happy to be here, Jenna.
0: So before we get started, do you want to tell me briefly about your professional background and your experience in the hiring process?
1: Yes, actually, my background is pretty unusual. I'm not an HR person. I actually became a recruiter because I didn't like my boss. I was running a manufacturing company at a young age and was using these recruiters who seemed to have a better life than I did. And I realized that when I got into recruiting many, many, many years ago, that there was actually a business process to it—a different business process, but there was a business process. It seems like no one in HR even thinks of it today as a business process. But the business process has processes, has steps, has metrics, has controls to it, and. I think that's really the issue. So very early on, I realized that if you do these same things all the time, you tend to get the right answer. So my experience has been in industry, got an engineering background, manufacturing background, financial background, MBA. But most importantly, when I got into the recruiting business 30 plus years ago, I realized, hey, if you do these things all the time, by benchmarking how top people look for work and how they accept jobs, you actually can hire those top people. So that's been the experience. And I've been writing, not only doing it. And trying this stuff out, but also uh, writing about it and uh, trying new things out and seems to still be true. The best people look for jobs differently. They did it 30, 35 years ago. They still do it today, but still very, very similar in how good people accept jobs and why they compare one to another.
0: So in your article, you do mention four different types of hiring decisions that a recruiter can make, type one, type two, type three, and type four. So could you walk us through briefly what these four types of hiring decisions are?
1: Absolutely. A type one person is someone whom you never should hire. And it's usually made because you didn't do any due diligence. You're in a hurry. Somebody referred to brother-in-law of somebody else. And you made a decision without real due diligence. I mean, that person clearly was a misfit. And most companies don't hire people like that. It's usually a small company that's just desperate. So they make the decision. Mm-hmm. What companies do hire, what I'll call type two, type three, type four. And I want to be very, very clear. These types have nothing to do with the person. It's a result of the person being hired for a certain job. Type two hire are those people who represent the bottom third of all people who get hired. The bottom third. It doesn't mean they're a bad person, but you'd have a good person who's an engineer, but you put them in a sales position. Or you hired a person who needs a lot of direction. You, you hired the person with a manager who doesn't like to give direction. So it's a result of the process. Those people, the type two, wind up being in the bottom third. I contend that most companies hire type three people just like they've always hired. A type three person is, it could be a very good person, but it's average within the company. And if the average is pretty good, well, they just duplicate people like, hey, let's hire more people like this. People within this salary range, with this skills, with this personality Well, by and large, they're just hiring people like they've always hired. And it doesn't mean a person's average in the scheme of life. They're just average because they're just like everyone else they've hired at that company. That's a type three. A type four hire is someone who will raise the talent bar. Different people. Well, to hire different people, you can't use systems to hire the same people. So that's the whole focus I have is that it's easy to hire type three people just like you always hire because most systems are designed to do that. To hire a type four person... You can't use the same system. You've got to think totally out of the box, strategically, process how you write the jobs, how you advertise, how you screen, even how you pay people. So I basically say that most companies set their systems to hire people just like they've always hired with your type three. Sometimes they take a shortcut and hire a type two, but to hire a type four person, which raises the town bar, that requires lots of effort and a lot of skill and doing different things.
0: And so just to distinguish between type two and type three. What are the decisions that a a hiring manager might be making that would either make the decision in the type two category or the type three? What are the different factors involved in that decision?
1: Very important. First off, a type two hire could, number one, I would say it's a narrow perspective. You just interview people with strong technical skills. You didn't interview the person to make the judgment, can this person work with our team? Can this person work with scarce resources? Can this person work with a manager who doesn't give a lot of direction? So you generally judge somebody in a very narrow perspective. Seems like a friendly person with good technical skills. But if the job requires organization planning, getting results done on time, that would fail. So that's certainly one is a narrow perspective. That narrow perspective could also be overvaluing first impressions. It could be overvaluing technical skills, like I just said, or it could be overvaluing intuition. Ah, oh, I think the person's good communicator seems smart. They can do it. Well, they might be smart and can do it, but if they can't deliver results on time, well, they're going to wind up being a type two. So those are the things It's you do a part of the interview, but you don't do the full interview. So generally, you hire a person who's pretty good in some stuff, but not all the stuff you need done. The big reason is you do it is because you define you haven't really defined the work. Most mm. companies don't define the work, but that's those are the, they tend to take a shortcut in doing it. The types rehire they tend to have a little bit broader interview, but they still emphasize skills and experience. So they hire a good person, a little bit broader. They do background checks, reference checks to minimize mistakes. But they just really okay. We're going to hire a solid person, just like we've always hired. They'll be just like people we've hired, and we won't make a silly mistake. So those are the real issues. Is a type three is like they've always hired. Type two is hopefully like we will, but they they've taken a shortcut, so they they cause mistake on the fit side.
0: In your opinion, why do you think that companies get stuck in this rut of making type three decisions? Is it just that they don't want to? differ from what they've done in the past? Or is there some other reason behind it?
1: Very good question. I think it's part of, well, I'd say there's probably two fundamental things, maybe three fundamental things. Number one, while a company always wants to hire good people, that's just talk. They really don't believe it. If they wanted to hire good people, they wouldn't let compensation say, hey, you can only pay X to X plus 10%. Good person wants X plus 20%. So right away, they said, okay, we want great people, but we don't and they have to have these skills, and we don't want to pay them any more than a great person wants. Well, it's, it's not going to happen. So if, you want to, if you're going to keep your compensation budget, well, then you have to have someone who's got less skills. they still got to be hired more potential, but less skills. So something's got to give in the equation. Well, nobody wants to fight that battle. So that's one is we overvalue skills and experience versus overvaluing potential. And then we let compensation and we let legal say, oh, we have to post these skills and experiences. That's hogwash. I've talked to the number one and number two lawyers in the country who do this and says, you don't have to list every single skill. You can list performance objectives. Build a team to grow sales in the Northeast territory by 10 to 15% is equally as effective and equally as objective as having seven to 10 years of sales management experience. On the other hand, if they can do that work, grow the sales, and you find people who are high achievers, well, maybe only have three years experience. So now by defining the work as opposed to defining the skills, all of a sudden you're thinking, well, I can hire people who are motivated and competent to do the work. So part of the reason is our mindset is we don't define So I said there's three things. Clearly, one, I think they have the wrong strategy. It's talk. They, they just want to hire people just like they said. Hopefully, one falls through. Number two, the process that we have in companies is really designed to mimic people we've just hired. Number three, if hiring great people is really number one, every single manager in every single company would be rewarded on how well they hire people. If you, we, want, we want you, hiring manager, to hire people who have high potential people not just people who have the skills. So managers take, because of that, they don't have it, the risk, I don't have, why should I take a risk on hiring a high potential person? I need to get this done. I'll hire people just, it's safer to, to do the old way. And very few managers, unless they're pushed to do it, will not do it. 10% or 15% of managers will recognize that and they do it naturally. But most companies don't go by the 10 or 15%. They go by the 80 to 85% who want to be safe and secure and risk, risk-free uh, judgment.
0: And so for recruiters or hiring managers who may be listening to this, if they do want to start making the type four hiring decisions, I know you mentioned that they need to define the work instead of the qualifications. Are there some other practical steps that they could take to make sure that they're making the type four hiring decisions?
1: Absolutely. First off, you do have to define the work. And I call it a performance-based job description. What, and I ask this question, what does the person need to do to be successful? That's number one. Number two, advertise compelling messages that get at the person's intrinsic motivator. What does a person's job want to do? Do they see there's a career move? Most companies just hire people. I call it, what they the big attraction is the carrot is what they get on day one. They get a company, they get a title, they get a location, they get a comp package. But what drives individual performance is the work they do. So if you don't know what the work they're going to do, it's problematic if they're going to find this exciting. So, if you just advertise people who are actively looking for a job, you give them what they're going to get on day one, but you ignore the long term motivator, it's unlikely. So, in this case, is you got it. So, the big thing is you can't make hiring a transaction. It has to be a discussion. And most people, whether they're looking or not, quickly say, now I'm interested in that job based on what they get on day one location, title, company, et cetera. I basically say you have to intervene there. You have to go slower. I tell managers, let's have exploratory phone calls with people before you meet them. And it's a, a peer group. I, I'm doing a bunch of searches right now. Managers at, and a lot of them. What do you mean? Have a, yeah, just have a conversation on the phone. See if this person fits. You find a little about them. Let them find a little about you. And then you invite them in. It's a game changer. Mm-hmm. Both people are saying, oh, yeah, I'm just having a discussion about a possible career move. And all of a sudden, I had one VP just last week. Oh, she's making too much money. I can't see her. Uh, I found out uh, they talked this week. Oh, I love her. I'll pay her a little bit more she's totally making me rethink this job. Hmm. The candidate was, you know, the job's too narrow. I said, oh, this could be a great job. I'm going to have a chance to architect a new job. The idea is have a discussion. I tell people, don't sell the job, sell the discussion. So that's one thing they can do. Define the job, but then sell the discussion. Find people who see this as a long-term decision. And I think that's what happens. People make a short-term decision or a long-term decision using short-term information, what they get. And you got to break that barrier. Barrier one, Focus on the real work, not the skills needed to do the work. Number two, write compelling career-oriented message. Number three, have a go-slow process that focuses on a long-term career opportunity, not the short-term, which you get on day one. That, those are all game changers. That's the way you have to hire type four people who raise the talent bar.
0: I think that will be some interesting advice for our listeners, especially as they're um, moving forward with making some hiring decisions. And we are actually running a little bit low on time, but I wanted to give you the floor for the last 30 seconds or a minute or so just to give our listeners a final word of advice on this topic. And it could be something you mentioned before or maybe something you want to highlight right at the end here. So what would you tell a listener who's maybe trying to make the type four hiring decision?
1: Well, type four, again, is raising the talent bar. I'd say if you want to hire top people, think how a top person makes decisions. They focus on the full opportunity, not just the work. They have to clarify job expectations. Managers have to be willing to, to vote that. In addition, they have to think about, hey, maybe I will go higher on potential and less on experience. Think about the best people that get hired. The reason they're the best people is they get promoted more rapidly. They get assigned bigger projects. So why would you want to hire someone who hasn't been promoted more rapidly or hasn't taken bigger projects, bigger than their peer group? So the idea is make the trade-off. These, the best people will not have exactly the skills you want, but they'll bring something more to the table. They'll bring potential, and they'll be able to take the company in a different direction. So that would be my message. Type four is a strategic win for the manager and the company. Type three, you'll, you might save a little bit of money, but you're going to maintain the status quo. If you want a strategic win, you have to hire great people. You want to maintain the status quo and be safe, that's fine. Uh, those are the type threes. And then avoid the mistakes, which are the type twos. Those things, I mean, I want to make hiring as a strategic asset to the company. And every manager that can hire great people is even a, a number one, a strategic asset to Emma herself, but also change the whole company direction into a much more positive way.
0: And with that final message, we will wrap up the show today. You've been listening to Management Decisions with today's guest, Lou Adler. Thanks again for sharing your insight with us today, Lou.
1: Happy to do it. Thank you for inviting me, Jenna.
0: And as always, we love to hear from you, the listener, as well. If you have a suggestion of another subject to cover on the show, please email us at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also find us on Twitter under at the LJN. Once again, I'm your host, Jenna Konar, and thanks for joining us.